I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, March 17, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, here's what we have. When we throw the ball around the horn, we're going to discuss the fact that the Fed slash the government is trying to reinflate the markets. We'll cover that. We've covered that last night. What we said was that the Fed and the federal government are going to throw everything they can to stabilize markets, to stabilize the economy, which is absolutely turning in the other direction. They're going to do everything in their power to curb public fear, to curb the panic. That's what was prescribed. That is what's going on now. And that is what's causing a bounce in the market. And it is overdue. So here we are again. We were looking for a low. From last night, here's the weekly chart again. From last night, we were eyeballing below 240 was 235, and then on a real flush, 230.50. They never got there. The 240 is really holding as it stands. Back to the daily chart, they did a retest of the lows today. If we move this over, what you'll notice is the low from yesterday, 237.36. The low from today, 237.07. No accidents nor coincidences. They spike the low by just a few pennies, then rip the market back in the other direction. Here's the look from the 15-minute chart. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. And what you can see is upon the open, they threw the market down, making it look like they were going back into the abyss. If they did go into the abyss, we would have had at least another 50, maybe 100 handles on the downside in the S&P, another 5, 10 points in the SPY. That didn't happen. They reversed the market, issued a pie in the face for traders that were looking for the abyss, and the rest we'll get to a little bit later. It's very important that you pay attention while I go over inside the numbers. There's lessons to be learned today for sure, inside the numbers there was money to be made today inside the numbers we'll get to that later so the fed is trying to inject money the treasury is looking for a stimulus package 850 billion a trillion dollars it doesn't matter what the number is anymore they're going to throw whatever they have to throw at it until the market stabilizes That doesn't mean it's going to last forever. It doesn't mean we're going to new highs. It doesn't mean we're going to take back half the decline tomorrow. What it means is their objective in the short term was to stabilize the market. This is the playbook. They do it over and over and over again. When things get too bad, they step in. How high can the market get if we have follow through? Last time the market bounced, we didn't get any follow through. What am I talking about? Right here on the 13th, which was Friday, the market had a tremendous rally and we had a failure on Monday. That was Sunday. The Fed came out with their zero interest rate policy. The futures opened, limit down, the rest is history. Here we are again creeping back up. So where can this market get to in the near term? Not talking about two weeks from now, not talking about two months from now, talking about a day or two from now. Here's the objective. In order for the bulls to really state their case and for this to 
materialize into something more than just another dead cat bounce, they have to recapture at least 263. Why? You have to get back inside the day, inside the opening and the closing price, preferably higher than 263. That was from Friday. The opening price on Friday is 263. They went way down, but they recaptured it and they closed well that day. That's necessary in order for the Bulls to get anything going beyond 263. They have to get up there, they have to close up there, and they have to stay up there. Now, what's a couple of possible schematics on the way up? Regardless of whether it's 263, 273, or 283, what's a possible schematic as they try and creep up, assuming we're going to get some follow-through? It's an assumption. The other side of that is another failure. We already know about that. If we wake up to a big gap down, it's another failure. Right now, we're focused on follow-through. We're expecting follow-through. Why? Because we were looking for a low. It's not a long-term low. It's a low. Take it for what it is. Take it at face value. So here's a couple of possible schematics. Maybe they just run right up. We have a further short squeeze and they keep going. That's possible. However, what We see many times, almost more often than not, is we'll see some kind of an ABC develop. So here's an A leg. Maybe it gets up to 263 or more. Maybe it comes up short. They pull back to make everybody think that's it. It's going to fail again. The rally's over. We have to hop back on the short side because they're going back into the abyss. It's the job of the market to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That would be the B leg of an ABC corrective rally. Why do I say corrective rally? Because the trend is now down. So any rallies by definition are corrective in nature. So the C leg would end up like this and would end up at least finishing inside that 263 area. That's absolutely paramount for the bulls to get anything going in this market. That doesn't have to be the end of a rally. I'm just saying that's really stage one. They have to get back inside or recapture 263. By the way, is 263 an important price or thereabouts for a different reason than I just described? Yes, it is. Where is that found? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. 100% yes. Now over to inside the numbers. Let me just say this. There were plenty of traders that followed along today that had very, very nice trades. They made money. They made a nice chunk of money. Everybody's different because everybody plays it differently. Everybody has a different account size. Everybody uses different vehicles. But here's the point. Read the notes. I'm going to highlight certain things. I'm going to scroll. You can start and stop the video at your leisure. Here are the pre-market notes. Here's the rest of the pre-market notes. Keep something in mind as you're reading through the notes as I'm describing what was going on. We're angling for upside. Why? Because I'm looking for a low. I'm expecting some short squeezes to hit the market. If you're long during a short squeeze, you get the benefit of the short squeeze. The short squeeze is the pie in the face. Let's scroll up so you can see what was going on as the day got underway. We're expecting large swings in both directions. Nothing's changed from that standpoint. We know we're going to get opportunity. That's part of the early thoughts. The question is, do you have the patience 
to wait for the market to hand you the opportunity. Most traders don't, but all traders can learn patience. Right out of the gate, there's not much support, so we let the market fall. Right out of the gate, there's really no support beneath price, really before yesterday's lows. So you let it fall. Let them find the low. Once they find the low, a couple of things happen. The market starts going in the other direction, and a trade setup emerges, and we have something to trade against. We know where we're wrong. You always need something to trade against. That's how you run the business. You need to protect against a bad deal. Let's move along, scroll up a little bit. So as the market was bantering back and forth early in the morning, we're looking at some big numbers, and we're using the ES contract because I'm able to use the overnight data included, which is helpful. So we know that they have to maintain the 2400 level. That's important. Getting below that really sends them down toward the 2300 level. And you'll notice later, halfway point, which is 2350, what I like to call the semi-fat round number. You'll see that noted in the 10 o'clock post. So we establish these gateways on the way down and on the way up. Gateways are support, and once broken, we look to the next level of support or next gateway. Same thing in the other direction. A gateway is resistance. Once broken and closed above, for example, on an hourly basis, and that's when I'm referring to an hourly chart, that's what I'll put in the notes. Once that gateway or one gateway is broken to the upside, we look to the next resistance level, which is also the next gateway. Moving right along. You'll notice an interesting theme as the day goes on. 246 in the SPY and 245 in the SPY, they also came into view yesterday for Inside the Numbers members. So these are important areas on the chart, important numbers. What you'll find is the 245 is actually the bullseye. What you're getting here is the tour guide throughout the day, and we're zeroing in on the first hourly close or candle of the day. That generally tells us some of the tale what to expect for the rest of the day. How did they act in the first hour? Was the shakeout just a shakeout? Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew show up, shake out the Johnny-come-latelys, then rip the market back up. Happens all the time. All you have to do is watch every single day, and then you get the point. It happens all the time. Moving right along. As the market sets into a chop shop formation, we know what they have to achieve on the upside. For now, 246.30. Without that, no dice. Moving right along. And there's your short squeeze. We're going to go to the charts in a moment, and you're going to see what exactly happened in real time or in action. Scroll up a little bit. We target the overnight highs. They make a run for it. They come up short. That's not new. That's not a coincidence. They either spike it or come up short. We know that. We're saying that in advance. So traders have an awareness to be out before the actual high if that's the trade for them. There's your 245, right under that 1125 post. That's going to come back around later. Scrolling right along. 110 in the afternoon, the line in the sand to keep the bulls in control for the remainder of the day will be SPY 245 again. Hourly closes above, and she's okay. Hourly closes below, and she's not. Moving right along. The defense had to come out on the field at 245, and they held it. So they went back up in the other direction. You can see we're giving the guidance along the way. Where is the next gateway? What happens if they get above the gateway? And of course, what happens if 245 fails? We know all that. We've got 
the schematic moving right along. Nice rally, the rest is gravy. You'll go back and see the chart in a moment. And this is where, when you run this as a business, you have to realize it's time to keep the money in the pocket. Later in the day, you don't want to have a losing trade going out. So you have to be smart about it. It's kind of a know when to hold them and know when to fold them scenario. And that's exactly the last thought I left traders from inside the numbers. Now it makes sense. What was that 245 on the screen? Wasn't there yesterday. No, it wasn't. It showed up today because we were interested in 245. Here's your low in the afternoon, 245.05. This is at 13.30, which is 1.30 in the afternoon. So you can go back to the notes and see what happened. We were angling for 245 to be support. The defense had to come out on the field. We knew they were going to come out on the field, and if they didn't, we knew it was wrong. And then they gave you two bites at the apple. Now let's talk about something that I wanted to talk about last night and just slipped my mind. I forgot. So here it is. What kind of instruments can you use in this market environment? Here's the challenge. I know a lot of traders out there like to use options. And frankly, in an environment when the market is this whippy, options are a good choice because you know your risk. You can only lose what you put into the option provided you're buying a call or buying a put. This is not the selling put scenario doesn't apply. You can lose a lot if you're wrong selling puts. But when premiums are inflated, I did talk about selling puts the other day. Got some backlash. I get that. There are traders that don't like selling puts. They wanted to cite all the reasons why it was a bad idea. But at the end of the day, what's happening to volatility? They're sucking the volatility out of the market This is the time to sell puts. It's not easy to do. It's not for everybody. It's mainly for traders that understand and know what they're doing, understand the risk, and have the margin and the account size to do it. But the options premiums being so inflated makes it prohibitive to buy calls. Long-dated, short-dated, it doesn't matter. You can see premiums inflated to the point where A call expiring in just a few days has a tremendous premium built in. Let's take a look at an example. Let's say you wanted SPY calls expiring this Friday. Now, I don't advocate that, but I know a lot of traders do that. So let's just take a look for kicks and grins. Here's a call slightly out of the money from where the SPY was as I make this video. Basically less than a dollar away from the closing price. These are the Friday expiration, March 20 expiration, 255s SPY. They're trading for 623 by 651. A bit of 623 asking 651. What does that mean in real terms? It means a couple of things. A, what it's really saying in terms of the technical nature of how options work, that your six plus dollars tacked on to current price or closing price today puts the SPY at about 260 for a break-even on Friday. But that's not really what happens because if, in fact, the SPY is moving up between now and Friday, provided it does it sooner than later, the option is also going to move up. However, the closer you get to expiration on Friday, the option premium is going to get sucked out. You're losing the time premium quickly. One side, you have the volatility premium, There's thetas, there's gammas, there's all kinds of stuff. You can read up on it on your own, 
The point is, what we need to know is, there's volatility premium, that's keeping it simple, and there's time premium. And you've got two things working against you, even if price moves up. So let's say there's three components. You have price, time, and volatility. So if volatility is coming down because price is going up, it appears good for the option. So price is going up, volatility going down. Time going on forward, so you've got two out of the three things working against you. It makes playing options challenging. What's an alternative? Not my favorite cup of tea, but an alternative is some of the exchange-traded products that track the index. So in this case, the SPY, you have a two-times tracker, which is SSO. ProShares Ultra S&P 500. This is twice what the SPY does on any given day, any given move. Then you have the flip side. This is the short side. This is two times the S&P on the short side. They have triples. They have all kinds of stuff out there. It's up to you to do the homework to find the product that best suits your need. It's a good exercise. You can ask me the questions and I'll validate one way or the other. You want to trade stuff that's liquid. You don't want to be caught in something that doesn't trade a lot of shares. You can get hurt in an environment like that. You want to trade stuff that trades, at least from where I sit, at least a half a million shares a day. That's keeping things safe. At least as safe as safe can be in an environment like this. Let's keep something else in mind. This Friday is the close of the first quarter of the year in terms of options. It's options expiration. It's quadruple witching options expiration. Later in the week, you'll see a lot of volume hit the market. There's rebalancing. There's stuff going on. They'll whip the market around in both directions. Not only the general market, the indices, but individual stocks as well. Is there anything that we're really going to learn from or take away from the IWM, the Qs, the transports? What's going to happen is the same thing that's been happening. All the same market. Everything moves together. All the indices, all the stocks, all the subcategories, it doesn't make any difference. Everything moves together as one market, as one entity. When you have a global repricing of everything, everything gets repriced. So all the indexes or indices move around at the same time. Not necessarily to the same magnitude, but all in all, they move together. So what are we looking at in the IWM? The like area we discussed in the SPY is around, what is it? Around 118, 119 in that ballpark for the IWM. Will they get that high? We're not sure. Can they get that high? On a short squeeze, anything goes. How do we know we're getting a short squeeze? We're already starting to get one. And the way we know, one of the ways we know, is the put-call ratio. The put-call ratio was at an extreme, what's called bullish reading, which means there were a lot of puts bought in the market, being held in the market. It's not just today or yesterday. It's over the last several days. The higher the put-call ratio, the closer you are to a bottom. What's the put-call ratio? Type it into Google and read up on it. What's going on with our folks down at the transportation department? New low, finished okay today, finished not on the high, didn't have a true reversal candle, didn't necessarily paint yesterday's candle or finish above yesterday's high, but that's okay. It was a pretty good day with a new low being made in the transports. Look at these swings, 440 points up. We've had five, six, seven hundred point days in the transports. 
These swings are absolutely redonkulous and obscene wrapped up into one. Where can they get up to on a short squeeze? They should easily get to at least 8,000. If they can't get to and above 8,000, look out below. What about the Silicon Valley people? Same routine. Check this out. No new low today in the queues. Interesting, of note. I don't know if it's a puzzle piece. I just like to notice these things. More strength in the queues, mainly because it's overweighted, it's top heavy in four, five, six stocks. Speaking of which, what's going on over there? Pretty decent low in Amazon. Not even close to a new low. Relative strength in Amazon. New low in Apple. The 227.50 was off the coronavirus swing trade buy list. Didn't hit Apple, but others did hit. Where is that list? Inside the numbers. Facebook. New low today. Not the same looking chart. Facebook is not as strong as some of the others. Facebook is a weak link. You'll get a bounce with everything else, but look where Facebook is today, up about two bucks relative to a lot of other stuff. Facebook is a weak link. Microsoft, nice rally today. So all the charts basically look similar to the same with minor exception. Netflix, nice new low, finish near the highs. That's a good low, should be good for a few days. At least, Google looks the same. That type of setup under normal garden variety market conditions should have follow through. We should see more upside in these stocks. How about the XLF trying to reinflate the financials a little bit? Same routine. All the charts pretty much look either the same or very similar to one another. Smash Mouth, same routine. No change from the others. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? Those are two facts that are a constant. This is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.